I love you guys. I love you. Bless you. Let's give God a praise. Come on. How amazing he is. He's amazing, amazing, amazing. Thank you, Father. Reach over, grab someone by the hand if you would, please. Grab them by the hand. Father, we love you. We honor you. We treasure your anointing. We treasure your presence, the anointing that is up on your people to hear, to respond. Thank you for the grace that is upon us. Thank you, God, that you're doing something right now in the hearts of people, not just here, but those all across this nation. We do not discard or we do not ignore the fact that we're a fragment that's in the thread. We're peace on the garment. We're a piece of thread in the garment. The body of Christ is massive around the world. And you're doing some amazing things in the body. We're so grateful and honored to be here, not necessarily to just represent your name, but to actually operate and move in the authority of your name. So bless every person here in Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. hug somebody quickly. Tell them I love you. I'm glad to see you. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, God is good. He's amazing, amazing. He's amazing. He has plans for you that are, that are amazing plans. And prayerfully on tonight, everybody here will leave changed. I know you, we all enjoyed this. Last week, man, it was crazy around here. It was, it was quite amazing. And so let me just say to you that I love you very much. I love, of course, your pastors who are amazing. Their heart for God, their heart for you. Um, I'm grateful that they love you. Not all leaders love their people. And for some, it's just a job. But I'm grateful that they actually love you. And they um, respect you and adore you. And I'm, I can see that every time we talk. It's about what God's doing in his people. They esteem you. They seek every, every avenue to get the word to you, to protect you, and make this a safe house. Um, and it should be a safe house for anyone and everyone. And so I'm grateful for their hearts. If they're watching us, hello, how are you doing? Love you dearly. Thank you for um, the blessings that you have been in Alaska. The world has been touched because of your heart. We love you, Pastor Daniel, Pastor Karen. We love you dearly. Let's say amen for them. Amen. Let's go to the word, if you don't mind. Um, there is so much that God has done this, this week. It's just been quite fascinating. You can put some vo vocal in this speaker right here, be so, or something, and the microphone, something there. Thank you. Chateau Cat. Listen, I want us to look at a few passages. There is so much. John, the 13th chapter, that's where we're going to turn first. John 13. And I want to prayerfully, um, may God's grace be, be up on us to receive from him. Thank you very much. You can turn it down just a little bit. Praise God. Thank you, sir. John 13. May God grace us to receive from him tonight. Amen. Amen. 13th chapter of John. I want us to look at a few passages on this evening. 
there's some things that in some minds need to be cleared up about God concerning his great love for us. His love is beyond our ability to comprehend outside of Jesus. In the Old Testament, God used prophets and angels. He defended, he protected, he delivered, he did everything. He showed his love, he told them about his love. And um, we see God's love demonstrated in the Old Testament. They argue with God. Actually, we'll touch on that in a few minutes in the book of Malachi. They argue with God um, concerning several things. But one of the things that they wanted to debate with God over, how do you debate with deity? They wanted to debate with God over um, whether or not God actually loved them. And you just kind of go, are you even kidding me? Um, but for some reason, whatever they were having to deal with and go through, is since it's the last book of the Old Testament, 400 years or so between Malachi and then Matthew, these people were somewhat stagnant. Their mind and their, their, their identity uh, was found in, their, in terms of their own heart and their whereabout and, and locatively. Um, their identity to them was found less loved by God. I, I don't understand it, you know, the, I don't understand it, but nonetheless, that's where they were. And so God is going to deal with them out of his love to share with him. He loved them. Talk about the covenant. And of course, that's when you and Malachi, you also read about is, you know, the favorite verses that everybody loves to read is in Malachi 3 about the tithe and the offering. Everybody loves those verses. You woke up this morning quoting those verses. Uh, but the point is you begin to deal with Malachi and it's a fascinating book and so I want us to look at a few things first in John 3 and then we're going to go to Malachi here in just a few moments John I'm sorry John 13 it says now before the feast of the Passover before the what feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the father having loved his own who were in the world he loved who his own who were in the world, they was in the world, the Bible says, his own, in the world, he loved them to the end. Having loving his own, those that are in the world, the scripture said he loved them to the end. To the end. Now, let's talk just for a few moments about the love of God, just for a few moments, because there are uncomfortable truths about his love. We'd like to find comfort in everything about his love, but there are those things that are somewhat uncomfortable as well, that we have to allow God to calibrate our hearts, to transform our hearts, and convert our hearts to his perspective of how he loves. His definition must be the definition, the definition in which we live by the definition in which we love by. So what would there be, you know, what, what could there possibly be um, uh, concerning God's love that would be uncomfortable? Let, let's talk about it. Can we just for a moment? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here's the way it is. God loves the world. Go on, you can say it. Let's say it. Say it a little louder. Go on. Okay. Now, now, we don't love the world. <laughs> There are some folks that we're praying will leave the world. Oh. 
Now, we like to brag about I love everybody. You don't know everybody to love everybody. You only know the folks that you know, and you only love the folks that you pick out of the folks that you know to love. But when you think that God loves everybody thoroughly and completely, that's pretty intense. That's intense. Because that means that we have to admit you and I are not operating in that love in that capacity. I know we don't like to admit it because we like to admit, we like to believe that we love everybody and we love them exactly the same and we love them all equal. We, love, we like to believe that. But the truth is, that's not the truth. And God has to constantly deal with our hearts to help us operate in the definition of his love. Now, there's what is called love and then the next word is able. I put them together and it's called love able. Not all of our love is able. And we need God to do something in our hearts to see things from God's perspective and then see why he loves us so much. Do you understand me? So there are some things that are uncomfortable about certain truths and in particularly about the love of God. For instance, I've known of people that someone has been murdered, brutally murdered, brutally raped. I've been in this over, gratefully, and certainly by the grace of God, over 45 years. And so one of the things that I've had the, uh, the difficulty in, in doing is setting people down and talking to them um, and counseling with them in terms of losing someone or some, something tragic happening um, and you have to talk to them and begin to describe God's love and they're not able to handle. There are things about God you can't handle at this stage. I assure you, you cannot. There are things that you can't be told or even taught at this stage. Some of us are not ready for that right now. So when you're sitting down and you're talking to somebody and you know that God loves both the person that was murdered and also the person that did the murdering, it's hard to talk and brag about God's love about the murderer. And it's uncomfortable for a person to receive that kind of truth. So it's little at a time you have to begin to relate God's love to many people, even cultures. It's hard many times to go to certain places where people believe specific things. As a matter of fact, they're so intoxicated with their culture, they can't even accept the reality of who God really is. It's pretty interesting. So there are things about God that are not as comforting as we would act like, there, like it is. God loves everybody. Sure he does. He loves the person that was raped, and he loves the person that did the raping. He loved the person that did nothing to him at Calvary, and he also loved the person that drove the nails. And how, do you, how do you even remotely begin to help people understand that? They have to experience that. It can't just be something you tell them. And so every experience we have in God, we have to guard those experiences. And this is the reason why, don't get mad at me, this is the reason why every time you think you all that, God lets you go through something that will teach you you are exactly like everybody else without him. Now, your issues might be different than other people, but I assure you, you need Jesus. I'm just saying, I, mean, I know some of y'all think you spoke in tongues when you came out of the womb, but I just want to help you. We all need the grace of God. Lift your hand up and thank God for the grace of God. 
So it's interesting that in this chapter, he begins to say that he loved his own. He did what? He loved his own. So what is the difference between loving his own and those that are not his own? What is the difference? Because many times his own cannot even identify his love for them. Because to them, God requires and expects something from them that they're not willing to give. Or, let me put it this way, they feel like God is punishing them when God tells them certain things and don't do and stop that and come this way, don't go that way. I'm saying no here because the no is a part of my yes later. I mean, there's things that people, I mean, oftentimes argue with God and they don't even consider it arguing. They call it, that's just my opinion. Opinion what? The only true opinion that any of us have should be the opinion that we need to give our opinion to him. Because I assure you that there are truths that are so deep. Listen close to me. Many of us, if not most, are not ready for the deep things that God is drawing us in. So it's one experience after the other. It's one thing after the other. It's one experience after the other. One thing after the other. He has one high, one low, going through this, going through that until we learn God and we crave him and we have such a palate for him that we're no longer afraid of God calling us anywhere at any time because he loves his own. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care what the call of God is on your life, you must take comfort in that he loves his own. Am I boring you? Okay. We're going to go deep for a minute. Because I've seen people talk about how much they love God and God loves the whole world until they pull up to McDonald's and somebody forget to put the cheese on the Big Mac. They will park the car, go in, and talk to the person that God loves as though God don't love them. No, because, you know, we play church. You do know that, right? We're religious and we're saved until something happens. So we have to confront some things. Then all of a sudden, I know they, look, girl, I still got my razor blade in my lemon juice. She don't know who she playing with, you know. So God has to do deep surgery in us to help us want to know him in this capacity. That there are actual things that honest to goodness, I say this with great humility, and I, I challenge many of us, that we're not where we think we are. We've experienced God, but God has not experienced us. His presence make us shake and lift our hands. Oh, praise God. But it's hard for God to applaud stubbornness and rebellion. And so he allows us to go from one experience to another experience so that in the process we're stripped from the false us. And we're no longer content with just the glance of the word. We want the whole thing. Put your hand up if you understand what I'm saying. Okay, so can we, can we go somewhere? Can we go somewhere? So let's look at the book of Malachi because this is an interesting book when you talk about the love of God. First chapter of Malachi. That's to your left. If you see Matthew, then it's Malachi to the left. First verse. The oracle of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord. But you say, 
How have you loved us? Is not Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord. Yet I have loved Jacob, but, I, but Esau I have hated. I have laid waste his hill country and left his heritage to jackals of the desert. Man, stop. So let's see it. Love actually gets to choose. In other words, God is not forced to love no one just because he's love. He chooses to love. Amen. This is going to mess some of y'all up. Some of y'all already looking at my own. No, he ain't. Listen, I'm telling you. <laughs> I want you to get it. Many times we try to force God to love what we love. Some of us are in situations and relationships that God has never even ordained. You force God, at least in your thinking. To you, you want God to co-sign on everything that you want. And you don't understand there's things that the God we serve, he loves and he hates. There are those that he possesses, and then there's those that he dispossesses. We have to see him from a biblical perspective. Because if we don't, what happens is we walk around with a pretend idea of who God is. And when that doesn't match the nature of who he is, then we're disappointed. So God will deal with us heavily about getting rid of ideologies that doesn't fit his character. God has the right when it comes to love. He has the right to love whoever he wants to love. So when Jesus said, I've loved my own, that's heavy. Yet in John, the third chapter, he says, God so loved the that he gave his only begotten. So out of God's love, the gift is to everyone. That gift within the gift that is everyone loves everyone. So it's not just God loving the world and giving us a unloving gift. Let me help you. In other words, he didn't take Jesus, send Jesus to the world and then have to talk Jesus into loving the world. Jesus had a specific attitude according to Philippians, the second chapter. He had a specific attitude when he arrived and his attitude was to love all. Now this messes up the religious church. We can't handle that because we will see the woman that is thrown at his feet that was caught that day in the act of adultery. That means she wasn't sneaking up. She was in the act. That don't mean, y'all looking at me funny. She was caught in the act and pulled from the act of, of adultery, of adultery, pulled from the act. She's wrapped in a sheet, throws her down at the feet of Jesus. Then they're going to tempt his love. And he's going to blow their mind. And he's going to answer them unlike anyone has ever answered them. They already have the stones in their hand. They can't wait to get her. You know, I couldn't stand her anyway. And Jesus came for this woman that was caught in the act of something that judgment was attached to the act. Listen to me. It was attached to the behavior. And Jesus now is standing there. She's at his feet. The law of Moses, they're going to quote, tells us to stone her to death, which tells you that she had to be an Israelite or they had no right to do this. So this is his own. It's amazing to me what he does with his own, even though we're jacked up. He didn't love you because you're lovable. Some of you think you're so cute in the church. You want to be a cute little saint. You want to go around and sing that you're the apple of God's eye and God is saying, you're the worm in the, you're the, worm in the apple today. Like you're really messing some things up right now. You guys say, man, come on, you guys, come on. Stop and think for a moment. 
God has never loved us when we were just, well, let me put it this way. God is not interested in loving you when you're just at what you consider to be your best. Because God knows that without him, you'll never be at your best. I'm just saying. So he takes his own, a child of Israel, at his feet. She's caught in an act. She's caught up in something. Didn't bring the man, just her. The brother got away, I guess. I don't know. Must have been like OJ. <laughs> you know, I was going to say somebody told me to say that, but nobody's. Uh, it's good. So, so Jesus is not going to argue with them. It's just going to show the action of what love does. They're tempting him to pick up a stone to judge her, to defy the law of Moses. They're him to say something that is contrary to what they've learned all of their life and Jesus looks down at her can you imagine God's eyes upon the one that he loves to where they had every right because the law could not save anyone it exposed you to what you needed to be saved from but it couldn't save you so here they are in this setting and it looks pretty pretty interesting and Jesus looks at his own he doesn't condemn her. He just stoops down on the ground and writes a few something, something, something. Gets up, looks around, says, hey, dude, y'all without any, no sin? Y'all cast the first stone. They start looking around, uh, uh, um, uh, duh, um, yeah. He is preparing the heart even though they disagree. Many of us have disagreed with God, and in the process, he's been preparing your heart. Gets back on the ground and begin to write. One by one, they start leaving. Jesus says to the one that has caught, been caught. Have you ever been caught? Come on. I ain't never stole nothing. Some of you steal every time you go to the grocery store. <laughs> you would take that strawberry. You know that ain't yours. I'm just tasting it. That's stealing. <laughs> Cutie, cutie, cutie. You're a cute Christian. In other words, we all have come short. Look at somebody and say, hello, shorty. We've all come short to the glory. God is constantly trying to remind us of how great his love is. And some of us minimize the love of God based on something that we know someone has did wrong. And we don't get it. God didn't come for those that are righteous. He came for those that were unrighteous. If you're a sinner, you're qualified to be saved. He came to save you because he loves you. So when I read verses like John 13, when I read these verses, it grips me because one, he has the right of possession. He is the God of all creation. He has the right of possession. What has happened to some of us in this respect that we want to try to measure God's love with how we see things and how we view them? That's unhealthy for any believer. None of us should ever attempt to measure God's love based on our comfort. His love for us is quite amazing. It's profound. And his love is eternal. That's why I love the part that says, and he loved them till the end. Nothing ended his love. He was too busy loving people till the end understanding the concept then you we all need to see this let me just say not you we all need to operate in this because some of you are struggling operating in it now right now 
just spoke in tongues a few nights ago, was ready to slap your boss this morning. We're so fickle. Think, we, anything can trigger us. Any look, something happened on the platform, we can come to church ready to worship. And if they don't play my song, we tripping. And it got to be in my key and that's be in my temple or else. We are so judgmental in areas that God is trying and he's doing this wonderfully. He's breaking that up. Amen. That concentration is being broken up so God can take you from glory to glory. So you can really know how great he is. God has always wanted you to, and I to be a people of power. Let me tell you, if power consists of the love of God, we would be fools to attempt to eliminate love and then brag about the power. Why would you brag about the tongues when you can't even talk to people right? So God calls us into a capacity of loving. If he is all loving, if he's all powerful, if his love is eternal, we would be fools to step aside that and then just seek for the spiritual gifts. Because the reality is that God is calling us to win not only our cities and our families. This nation is hurting right now and needs to know God and know his love. Now, let me just tell you, the, the love of God is not this little fickle, flimsy, you know, it's, it's not like we hear today in many ways, in many forms. Lord, just God, he loves you. He lo no, you need to define what that means. Because his love is not a normal, natural human love. It's a holy love. It's separate from all of our loves. Listen, his love is so intense, you have to learn the love of God. You don't just know it. You have to learn his love. It's not like, it's not like okay, well, I read the book, so I got it now. That's not how it works. You have to experience his love. And the more you experience his love, the more you surrender to his love. Your, your tone is surrendered. Your words are surrendered. Your service is surrendered. Your faith is surrendered. Everything changes because it is the elasticity that holds the church together. God's love. There's nothing greater. Than the love of God. If I speak of, if I speak uh, the tongues of men and of angels and don't have love, I am a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. God has always wanted the church to define His love in the earth. He's always called us to define His love, and so God is calling the church to be powerful. Yes, He has given us the power. Yes, but He's always commanded. He's also commanded, love each other the way I loved you. You can't play with this stuff. Somebody say, Oh my mind. Then smile at them. If you ain't got no teeth, gum it and tell them I love you. Because it's important. That's when we're going to overcome racism. Talk to me up in here. That's when we're not going to be fighting over, over uh, whether or not they're Democrats or Republicans. That's when we're not going to let things creep into, into the church and take on a worldly personality, attitude, opinion, and allow it to disturb the unity that God brings through loving us. Do you understand? So when you see about Malachi, it's really interesting because Malachi is commissioned to be an oracle of God to a people that's going to argue with God about his love. They're going to argue. How do you argue with deity? How do you argue with God about loving you? How is that possible? How, I mean, what are you going through that you're attempting to measure God's love? Because well, you, you know, I've been trying and I don't know, you know, so much been happening. I just feel like God, like, you know, like if he loved me, then why he didn't, and why didn't he give me George? And, 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 and why, do, you know, why am I keeping Jimmy? And, uh, you know, if he loved me, how come I can't have what I want then, huh? Why? Why? <laughs> you are tripping. And some of us, some of us have been brats for a long time. And learning the love of God is a tough thing. 
because God's love knows what's best for you. And it's not going to compromise with your lust to go the other direction. You better say something. I'll throw this mic at you. Run out of here. God loves, knows, he, he knows what's best for us. He has no intention. If you want God to step down from who he is, you would not have God. God is calling us to understand his deep love and to have confidence in his love. I'm so concerned about even many Christians that are struggling with the discipline of God. When God is correcting them, they struggle. They have no confidence in God's discipline. They don't, they don't know how to enjoy. They don't know how to receive when God is turning them because discipline is turning you from what you would do that displeases him to turning, turning you to what you need to do so you can't please him. And so when God begins to discipline us, we get upset. It ain't fair. Why did me, God, what are you talking about? I'm not fair. Love will discipline. It will turn. When you think of the love of God, how many of y'all grateful for the love of God? How many of y'all know we wouldn't be saved if it wasn't for the love of God? How many of you know it's because of his great love that has been shed abroad in our hearts that we can even enjoy God today? How many of you know it's because he loved us first that we love him now? It's not the opposite. And it's not loving him the way we want to love him. It's loving him the way that he has called us to love him and empowered us to love him. You are empowered to love you're empowered to you're empowered to love the sinner you don't just drive down the street when was the last time that you even wept as you as you drove down the street just looking in your neighborhoods and wept because they did not know the love of God they have beautiful homes nice cars fancy clothes money everywhere but they don't know God's love they interpret God's love with just stuff and things when you know the love of God it'll make you surrender your life when you know the love of God I promise you it will draw you he will draw you with his love and with his kindness you will want God to love you you're gonna want his love and then you will not question his love you won't be tripping when you hear God say well not today baby no not today then you'll understand why that is always half the sweetness half the sweetness when it comes to anointing the anointing oil was interesting because it was always half of all of the sweet cinnamon and all the sugar stuff there was bitterness that was mixed with this ointment and it was half the amount of that that was sweet. You're not always asking God to do it your way, in other words. Anointing, you can never, ever, ever operate in the power of God without understanding, I'm telling you, a consistent operation in God's power. It demands for us to break down and understand that what is the real test, or the real test about the love for God and the love for his people is going through something that's tough. You never know how strong love is. It reminds me like of a tea bag. You never know how strong it is until you put it in hot water. You never know how strong your love is for God and for people until there's some, something that is uh, that's some conflict. There is something that you have to stand against. That's when you're going to know. Some of us, you've never been tested in this capacity. But I assure you, you will be in coming days and coming weeks and coming months. As you build that building, when the enemy comes to try to talk you out of a lighthouse on a hill, the love of God will overwhelm every voice. The love of God will overtake every single enemy that comes to sabotage you expressing your love as you serve and as you give. Lift your hand up and say, God, I love your love. 
Falling in love with the love of God is not as easy as we think because we have to deal with things about his love that is controversial. We have to believe and we have to understand that, yes, he does love those that are in the gay lifestyle. I know some of you don't want to hear it. Well, my sister, my daughter, my husband, my whoever, they, I just can't stand it. Ooh, I just, no, no, listen to me. God does not love them less than he loves you. How do you like that? And he doesn't love you less than he loves them. Do you understand that he actually loves the world? He didn't love the world because they were, the world was already condemned according to, according to the 17th verse of John 3. He sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. That's not why he sent them. Sent him. He sent him into the world that he might, that the world might be saved. So we have to see the operation of the love of God in the administration of the love of God. And as we do, there's a greater release of power. And why would God anoint you to have power if you're not operating in love? What is the point in that? What you going? You understand what I'm saying? This is why I believe. And when we're going to pray in a few moments, here's what I believe. I believe that God has been drawing many of us to a place of hearing the counsel of His love. God's counsel is always right. The counsel, what comes from him, what comes out of him to us so that we can have the proper administration in the earth. One lady, a dear friend of mine, I love her to pieces. Her son was killed, was murdered by a guy that was in Fresno, horrible murder, brutally murdered. She loved the man that murdered her son. So much so, she went to court and fought for him. She didn't know him. She got the news, wanted to meet him. He didn't want to meet her. Because, you know, he, at that time he was tough and rough. Don't, you know, he didn't want to, he didn't want to show anything. He didn't, it was hard for him to even receive love. It took years that she would write him every single day. She wrote this man every day he was in prison. Begged the judge, begged him to give, to let him, to let him off. Not let him off in terms of all the time, but not give him the 25 to life. She wrote letters to the judge, constantly writing and being in contact. She hadn't even met this guy face to face. And finally, he agrees to meet her. She goes down to the prison to meet him. And he, she, he said, what do you want, old lady? What do you want? And she just looked at him through the glass and said to him, I just want to love you. This is the man that killed her son, murdered him brutally. But the spirit of God released in her love that is unexplainable. It's unexplainable. Some of us are angry right now with situations. We're trying to measure God's love based on our comfort. We're doing our best. Listen, I'm telling you. Some of you right now, you, there's things you don't have. And you don't have a certain amount of money in your bank account. I've heard people even tell me, I'm tired of having to believe God every month. I'm tired of having to go through the same thing every month. Why don't God bless you? You're trying to measure God. You're trying to measure God with your comfort here on the earth. Really? How is that possible? Her heart is broken. She goes to the prison. She, she says, can I come back? She talks a little bit. First time he's gone. He threw the phone down and went to walk away. And she just sat there. And finally came back and said, what do you really want? And she began to describe a love that was not normal. Some of you are operating on a normal, natural love. And that's one of your biggest problems. Your, your and my love has its limitations. It has a very, I'm telling you, our capacity, I'm telling y'all. This woman loved him and loved him and loved him and wrote him and loved him and loved him and wrote him until 14 years went by. And he comes out and guess who he lives with? He lives with her. The man that murdered her son. She now calls him my son. When she dies, everything she had was given to him. Went to the lawyers and drew up papers. She called him her son. 
sought to find ways to give him her last name. Who does that? We're so inundated and convinced that we're loving right just because we got a feeling. You think love is a feeling. Well, man, you know how it is. We love people that have things in common with us. Oh, I like her. Oh, yeah, she, we get the nails at the same place. Mm -hmm, I like her. We're the same size. Mm -hmm, show is. Mm -hmm. We get to say our hair is the same. Hello. And our lips, our lips, lipstick is all the same. Show do, show will, show has. Boom. We're a trip. If we have something in common, then it's cool. But if we find something uncommon, I'm a Democrat, you're a Republican. I can't stand Trump and you love Trump. You love Trump, mm, I love Trump, you don't love Trump. You wanna fight over this, fight over that, Hillary. No, we find silly stuff to entangle ourselves and then in the web of all of that, we can't even get out because we're webbed in. And fight over stupid stuff that has nothing to do with the kingdom. When you come into the kingdom of God, we no longer operate by anything that we once operated with outside of the kingdom. New principle and truth is established. We come into the kingdom to look, oh my God, that's why we enter into. We're in the kingdom. Now understand there's two possessions here. One is that the kingdom possesses you. Two is you possess the kingdom. Understand, the kingdom is within you. So the kingdom possesses you. We're in God's kingdom. But then the, you got to also understand that the kingdom is in you. You also possess the kingdom. It gives you this right and this authority, not only to go around, name it, claim it, and frame it. Now, that's mine. Oh, I claim that now. I'm walking around seven times. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. No, it's not just that stuff. There's principle and truths and powers. There's liberties. You have access to everything that God is in his kingdom. And then the kingdom being in you begins to spread and operate and administrate. Yes. Drive out agitations, irritations, spiritually constipations. It begins to deal with you. Sorry, you guys. So much so until the kingdom of God flows in you and it's so natural. It is so natural for you to care and to love. There's depth to your life. You're no longer some surface Christian that's living off of, you're living like a parasite off of everything that happens in the local something somewhere. You're just a parasite stuck on something to suck the life of, off, 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 or out of it. And then when it's gone, you go to the next church and the next church. No, no, no. The kingdom now has room in you. You've learned how to yield to its truth, its life, its principle, its authority. You're no longer living unto yourself. The kingdom of God is in you. It's not meat. It is not drink. But it's joy. It's the Holy Ghost. You're filled with it. It's a whole different life. And now you love differently. You're not looking for the same color. You're not looking for folks in the same denomination. You're not bragging about your culture. The love of God has overwhelmed your heart. The kingdom... There's a love in the kingdom. And it's overwhelmed you and you can't be the way you was. You're changed because the kingdom, you're not just in it, it's in you. And now you possess an authority to overcome junk that came down and through your culture and your family and generations. That generational thing is cursed because the kingdom is inside of you. Thy will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will.
So God begins to draw you into a whole different life. You're no longer content with just being some little halfway church person. The kingdom won't let you be content. The kingdom will drop you to your knees, drive you to pray. The kingdom will cause you to square your shoulders back when people are mocking you. Put your chin up and know who you are. The kingdom of God will establish, establish the true identity of who you are. It's completely different. So when God begins to deal with us, it's the real deal. God's not trying to have you some pet person in the kingdom. Set, hands up, hands down. Set, kneel, pray. You possess the kingdom, which deals with the domain of the king. You become his possession, and he loved his own. You think? I'm trying to measure God's love with the stuff we're going through. But my husband walked out. He told me he don't love me no more. He said that I gained too much weight, and I don't look the way I did 20 years ago. You ought to tell him a few things. Your chest ain't up here no more either. It's all up in here homie after having that many children you think I'm gonna walk around size five you ought to tell them you ain't even had no children and you still look pregnant how you like that one <laughs> because there are people that operate out of their love and then they want to make it spiritual and they don't see the devastation that's why you are kingdom people. Listen to me. You're kingdom people. Amen. He described kingdom. Not Democrats or Republicans. Kingdom. Amen. Do you understand me? Yeah. I'm stunned Hillary. All of this stuff going on in the political world. Hello. Politics, compound word. Poly, which means many, and ticks, which means bloodsuckers. I'm not worried about the world. I'm a kingdom person. I love because of the kingdom. I dance because of the kingdom. I rejoice because of the kingdom. I cast devils out because of the kingdom. I pray for the sick because of the kingdom. I forgive people because of the kingdom. The king has his domain in me. So when you understand it, then the love, the whole love thing is real, man. I'm telling you, I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell, trying to tell you something, something. Trying to tell you. Because God is trying to draw some of us right now to kind of get delivered from all of this stuff. He's trying to draw you to understand it. You're not even living in the power he's called you to live in. Can we talk for a minute? Yeah. I'm closing right now. My first close, I close up to like 16 times, my first one. <laughs> Just stop and think for a moment, right? God calls you, and he gives you this unlimited power, unlimited love, unlimited, um, it's unlimited. You have access to the kingdom of God. Did you hear what I said to you? Yeah. I was at one church, all black people, nothing but chocolate. Chocolate chips everywhere. I didn't see one vanilla, not a near one. I didn't see no butterscotch, just all chocolate. And I asked him the question, you said you wanted to win your city. Why is it there's nothing in here but chocolate chip? 
It's your whole city, chocolate chip? This is not Africa. Went to another church, all it was but none but vanilla. I didn't see no chocolate, I didn't see no chocolate chip. I didn't see no rainbow. I didn't see no butterscotch. All I seen was, I see white people. <laughs> I challenged them. I said, you said you're going to win your entire city. What's the problem? You see everybody white? Because if y'all is white, I just want you to know, today, So the church that was all black, I, I, God anointed me to preach that. So that, that Sunday night, man, they went out and, man, I walked in there that Sunday night. They had everything in Chinese, Japanese, <laughs> Pekingese. They had every kind of knees you can think. They had whites. They had Chicanos. They had Mexican. They had Cholo. They had it all. They were convicted to get out of their little cultural foolishness and see the world the way God sees it. See, some of you want God to see through your eyes. God didn't save you to see through your eyes. He saved you to give vision to your eyes. You had sight. He wants to give you vision. So God deals with us real heavy. When you think of the kingdom, everything about you is supposed to change. Ain't nothing safe in the kingdom. Some of you are trying to keep something safe. Yes. Wait a minute. I want this for myself, not in the kingdom. Because every, the operation is within you. So sooner or later, you'll be going, okay, Jesus. Oh, Lord, yes. <laughs> they ain't unsafe. Hating your mother-in-law, that ain't safe. I can't stand her. Keep, just stay safe. Don't worry about it. Sooner or later, when God gives you, you know those dreams? Oh, <laughs> Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm sorry. Sooner or later, he's going to get to you because you're in the kingdom. It's his way or no way. Some of you got mad at me on that one. You get to talk about my mother. Listen, I'm just saying. Some of us, want, we want to safely be a bigot. Safely. We won't talk about it. We won't talk about it. But this is the way I raise, where I believe. Read my black lips. You're in the kingdom, dude. You can't be a bigot and God not deal with it. Hey, let me just say it like this. You can't even be a bigot and have Daniel Bracken as your pastor. Because there's something behind that white skin. I found another. Another brother. So God deals with us because his kingdom and his love will provoke you and take you to a place that will have you scratching your head and it's a place of discomfort. Let's stop acting like we're completely comforted by everything of God because the truth is there are those times that he disturbs you. It's a divine disturbance. He'll distract your thinking. Come in and mess with you. Wait, wait, wait a minute, Jesus, wait. I gotta catch up. Wait a minute. Jesus, Lord, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, wait. Chateau cat on my hat. I love you, say it back. Because you know if you don't, you know you're in hell, right? You know, you know. So God deals with us. I followed this guy around. He had a Confederate flag on his truck. I followed him all around the city. Kind of made him nervous. Like, oh, man. Oh, man. 
He pulled in the gas station. I pulled in the gas station next to him. He didn't know what to expect. Like he was reaching in the back to get his gun and one of those rifles or whatever. He's going, what you want? I said, I just, uh, where'd you get that flag? What difference make? I said, I want one. He looked at me about the same way. Some of y'all looking at me now, what? He said, well, what, what do you mean? He said, man, you know your mom. I said, no, 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 I want one of those. He said, what, well, what are you talking about, man? What do you know? What do you, man, you know what, man? He, he was getting hostile. I said, look, dude, I, I don't just want one. I want yours. The church has power, man. Y'all don't understand. You have power. Your God will shut the mouths of lions. You don't understand how much power you have. Some of us are too wimpy in the church. You better talk us. You, some of you know some of you've been a spiritual wimp for years. Last year fired you up. Now you got to keep it going. You can't sink back into that sinkhole and think it's not important for you to open your mouth. Where there's no voice, there's no future. So I said to him, I said, I want yours. He said, what are you talking about? I said, man, first of all, let me tell you. My name is Robert Hooks. I preach the gospel. And there's power in the gospel that I preach. And I declare on you right now, the name of Jesus, I don't care how long you have been in the condition. You, I had to pray for him like somebody that was blind. Somebody that was deaf and couldn't hear. I had to pray for him like it would be, I had to pray for him like he had a demon. I begin to pray for him. I said, in the name of Jesus, I bind the devil in you. I come, I come against every power that causes you to think the way you think. God loves you and may God deliver you from this. In Jesus' name, got in my car and left. He started following me. <laughs> the difference was I wasn't afraid. Followed me and followed me all around. I finally pulled out, pulled over into a store, and he gets out of his car. And he, I'm just thinking, you know, he just, you know, he's just going to say, no, he gets out of his car and walks over to my door. Tears in his eyes. I want the flag. See, some of, this, some of us don't know how to pray to the point of surrenderance. The demons got to leave your children. The power of the enemy is broken off of your babies because you're praying. When you're just glancing and playing with this and trying to ice skate, because, you know, some people, they go to a church where they ice skate in. They knock the frost off of the pew and sit down and brother, cold, dead polar bear gets up and preaches sermon. They walk out exactly the same they walked in. So they walk out of the church. See you next Sunday. <laughs> Bye. No power. No demonstration of God's power. Because we're looking for people to agree with our foolishness. Instead of allowing the message of the kingdom to disturb us. Keep me up all night if you have to. Don't let me stay the way I am. Some of you are looking for a safe place that the king don't deal with you. But you can't be in his kingdom without the dealings of the king. So when he says he loves his own, it's the kind of love that will correct. He has his affection, but it's also correction and protection and selection. Good God. Protection. 
shit. I'm kidding, guys. Come on and show him, son. Come on, come on. Come on. So what does it mean? It simply means that God gets you to a place where you're no longer trying to make some Mr. Potato God. Give him hands that's like yours. A mind like yours. See the way you see. Put your hands up everywhere. Look at me. He loved his own. He was with him to the end. Say it out. He was with him to the end. How many of us are going to stop fussing with God? Hey, you ready for this? Put your hand down real quick so we take this altar call. You got somebody you can't stand right now? Some of you said, I sure do, and it's you. Listen, I rebuke you. <laughs> stop and think for a moment. Do you have somebody that's gotten on your last ner ner nerve? Do you have that one person that you don't like being around? Or do you know something about somebody that is deeply troubling you, but you can't pray for them? Hey, what about the person that offended you, afflicted you, molested you, devastated your dreams? Right now, you may not be able to do that, but I will tell you, as God is chiseling the death off of your dreams... God's going to cause you to break loose. And the people that hurt you the most, you'll be able to say, Father, have mercy on them. You know the real definition of mercy? The real definition of mercy is you can't pay it back. Grace is different. You don't have to do anything. Mercy is seen in the story that Jesus gives about a man that owed 20 million and he couldn't pay him back. And his master said, cool. Wiped off the debt. This guy goes and finds somebody that owes him $20, beats him and puts him into prison. Mercy is what you can't pay back. And God still forgives you. Goodness and mercy follows me. What I couldn't do, mercy takes care of that. As grace is both pulling me and pushing me at the same time. Grace will pull you in front, push you in back, and position you for God's greatest blessing. Mercy will wipe up stuff that you did that God knows you can never pay. You know that lady I talked to you about? There was no way that this boy could have ever paid her back after killing her son. She had mercy. The blind man... Have mercy upon me, son of David. Please have mercy. Whatever I've done, I have nothing to render to you. I, the only thing that I have is a cry right now. Have mercy on me. The love of God, will, it will completely bring you to a place to where that you love people so intensely. My greatest gift is not preaching by no means. My greatest gift in life is loving people. I take no pride in my preaching. Take no pride in prophesying, nothing like that. May God help me to relate any truth. But my greatest gift is loving people. Every color, every group, every genre. I don't care if they're gay. I don't care if they're straight. I don't care if they're black, if they're white, wrong, or right. 
I don't care what they are, my greatest gift is to be able to look at them in the eyes and say, I love you. May it be all of our boast. May our boast not be we fell out in the meeting and got a great word. May the boast be that we rose up off the floor and allowed the word of that kingdom to develop me. Stretch your hands out like you're under arrest and come up high. High as you can. There's somebody here tonight that's been struggling with loving somebody that's done some horrible things to you. Our child. Some of you, it's your ex that would not pay child support. Don't come see the kids. Some of you, it's a father that you don't know. He's got another family now and has ignored you. You're in a lot of pain. You're looking for justice. The truth is you need to be giving mercy. While your hands are lifted up, I want to just pray something because in a few moments after this, we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to get this stuff out of us. Did you hear me? Some of you, you've been cheated on. You've took him back again and again and again, and he's done it again and again and again. You are so through, so out of it. You are so completely bruised and beat and battered. But may God grace you tonight to be healed. We decree that now. Father, in Jesus' name, your grace is upon us for change, great change. It's not your will that we be halfway delivered, kind of delivered, a little delivered. You died for the whole person, the body, soul, the mind, the spirit. You died to heal us, to equip us, to help us. You died for us. And you rose on the third day. Hallelujah. You're a living Savior. We thank you for it. Now touch people and give them the ability to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit right now. In Jesus' name, I want you to put your hands down and look at me. And I want you to listen very close before pastor comes, before minister comes. Listen very close to me. I know some of you are hurting. I know, it's not even a question of that. Some of you have been through some crazy stuff. And, and now God has commanded me to love. You don't know what he did to me. Listen, I have dealt with people from being brutally raped. Some raped by their own biological father have a child by their own biological father. I've had to sit down with this person and her father and deal with the situation. I've had to deal with one particular young lady. No one, no one can even handle her. She was just off the chart. They didn't know what to do with her in the church. Something was wrong. They were looking at her activity and her behavior. They couldn't see beyond that. As I sat down and talked to her and discovered that her grandfather raped her and she was pregnant and had a child by her grandfather. Her mind is gone. Sometimes we don't see the pain. We just want people to behave right. I want to feel safe, so behave right. You don't even understand that their behavior is screaming at you and saying, I need help. Even with children, we don't even know our children many times because as long as they just behave right, it's fine. Just behave right. We don't know what's going on in them. Just stop, hey, hey, stop. Uh -huh. We haven't took the time to lay our hands on God. Give me discernment. What's going on with my baby? Is something causing this? Is it a dream? Is it something he went through with his cousin or somebody molested him? Give me, give me, give, help me, Father, to know there's something deeper. Give me how to raise this child. 
because God, he really individualizes us. He knows us. It's not just a group of people. He knows you personally. I've got to tell you, there's some pain in this place. And some of you have been feeling angry because you feel like God is forcing you to love when in reality, God is allowing you to love. Love is the most, listen, I promise you, the scripture is very plain. And I love this verse over in John. It's a very powerful verse. I'm closing. Fourth chapter, John, first John 4. Perfect love casts out fear because fear. It didn't say cast out all fear. It said perfect love casts out fear, dealing with every torment because fear brings torment and torment is not of God. And the person that fears his love is not perfected. It's not mature. The more you operate in a mature love, the more power is released in you. When I see pastors or preachers or people that are mean, but they can preach powerful and they get some results, I understand clearly it's not going to be long. Because sooner or later they're going to be confronted by the king of the message. Talk to me. A king is someone that rules. Talk to me. A ruler, if you, don't, if you didn't have anything to rule, then you can't be a ruler. If you have no kingdom, you can't be a king. There has to be some conflict, some battle. Something has to go on for you to have that particular title. Do you understand me? When he says he's the everlasting father, that simply means he's going to outlast us. He's going to outlast all of our stubbornness. And he's after something deep today because some of you have been hurting for a while. You've tried to church it over. You walked down, got prayed for. You fell out. You go home. You're still tormented with dreams. What is it? What's wrong with me? What's wrong? What's going on? Why? What's wrong with me? And God has said, let me love you. And when I love you the way I love you, you're going to love people you never thought you could love. I sense strongly tonight some of you are in prison to the things or the people you hate. You don't call it hate. I just don't trust them. I don't like, I'm uncomfortable. I'm not telling you to be comfortable around someone that is molester. They need to be delivered. They need to, but you have power also. Y'all making me get my, I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to go home. Y'all want me to preach in an hour? God wants you free. And I don't mean church free. Y'all need to stop looking at me like that. Y'all causing me to drink. My God. God wants you free. Say it. God wants me free. So tonight, right here, right now, he loves his own. I've seen young men that was brutally raped by their brother, their biological brother. And you sit down and you talk to him. The hatred is so great. The distrust. I've hugged people that wouldn't let me hug them. They have no trust for a man raped by their own husband's boyfriend. Brutally, don't know their identity, don't know how precious they are. I've got people in our church that it's taken me years to watch God mature them and develop them in the things of God. Do you understand me? I can't preach politics to them. I can't use my pulpit to talk about presidencies. I can't do that. God loves the souls of people. And if you don't know it, the Bible said that he would call or that the house of God would be the house of prayer. Amen. Not the White House, his house. You didn't like that one? Don't act bratty. God's calling you into a love that is so great in his capacity. There's freedom. Lift your hands up one more time and tell him thank you.
Tell them thank you from your heart. Tell them thank you. So I'm going to ask you a question real simple. You ready? Simple question. How many of you are struggling with the principles of the kingdom? You love God. It's not about you going to hell. Let me get that straight now. That's been taken care of. Jesus died for that, but you're developing, and you're feeling like, man, this one is hard. This is a bump in the road that is hard for me. I don't care who you are. Nobody has to know all of your business. I'm not asking you to come down and tell everything. I'm not trying to embarrass you. You say, I need God to do something in me. Take your hand and lift it up now immediately. Lift it up. Lift it up now. I don't care if you're struggling with being a bigot. I'm not offended at people calling me names and acting up. I don't, that don't bother me. Lift your hand up. Whatever it is. God, I just need your love to free me. How many of you know it's a freeing love? Come on, it's a love that pays the cost. Come on, talk, y'all. Is that true? Now, if your hand is lifted, I want you to do something else real simple. I want you to just stand up quickly without hesitating. Don't hesitate. If you hesitate, you won't stand up. Now lift your voice. Lift your hands. That bruised heart is going to be healed today. Young people, I'm sorry for many of the things you've suffered through. I'm so sorry. But he loves you. This love is going to overwhelm you and he's going to heal you. Expect it while your hands are lifted. While your hands are lifted. I'm going to count to three. And within just seconds, we're not going to be here long. When after I count to three, I want you to find the nearest aisle. You can hear one, two, three. Come now without hesitating. Come right now. No hesitate. Some of us, our issue has nothing to do with what somebody's done with us. It's what we've done to others. The guilt won't let us alone. We're constantly, come this way. Ushers, help me, please. Help me direct them. Come this way. Say he loves me. This is not going to take long. We're going to take authority over this now. Make room. Ushers, help me if you would. Help me kind of organize and bring them closer to the front. Hi, how are you? Doing great. I'm glad you're here. How you doing, sir? Come on in closer. Come in closer. Now I want you to, to look at me. I want you to come in closer. Come on in a little closer. Pat, Minister Mike, Mike, come over. Come over with me. We have some of our ministers. I want y'all to, to help. We're going to pray for these dear people. Now, I need you to look at me, and I need you to listen, please. Look at me. Give me your attention. I want, I want you to look at me and listen to me. God qualified you to love you. Is that a trip? Like, I mean, actually, where you at? Been the back. Just pull me down just a minute. God qualified you to love you. Nothing changes that. Did you hear me? your arms around me. Put both of them. Hug me tight. You don't have to be tired no more. I see you so weary. God qualified you to be loved by him. His love qualifies people. Do you hear me? Like he loves you. Hi. How you doing? 
pray for me. I love you. I love you. He's going to do something amazing. Hi. Hi. Like duh. Hi. How you doing, man? I'm glad you're here. Hi, dear. Hi, sweetheart. How are you? Sir, how are you? How are you doing? He loves you. Say it. I want you to say it again and again. He loves me. Say it. Say it. Hi, honey. How are you? What's your name? What is it? Gloda? You're beautiful. I'm glad you're here. Hi. How are you doing? I want to look at every one of you. I came for you. Hi. How are you? Hi. How are you doing? How are you doing, sir? doing, man? It's the beginning of the end of some of this stuff. You hear me? How are you doing, sweetheart? Hi. He loves you. Like for real. And he's not straining to love you. Be horrible for somebody to save you and then be mad because they saved you. I'm so sick of saving them. Get on my... That's not... It's, it's the kingdom's joy for people to come to him. There's a joy, said. There's a joy. Said again, there's a joy. He didn't save you, then got mad. How you doing, man? How you doing? What's your name? Come here. What is it? Caden. How you doing? I got a grandson named Caden. How are you? You don't worry about anything. May God grace you in a powerful way. May God deal with your family and deal with your parents, guard you. Man of God, you are, Caden. Man of God. How you doing, buddy? I'm coming around. You got to take a few moments. Out. Hello. Hi. How are you? Hi. Hi, everybody. I'm looking at everybody. Hi, sweetheart. How are you doing? How are you doing there, sir? You said, why are you doing this? I don't think Jesus passes people up. What's up, young man? Not that I'm him. Like, duh. How you, what's going on, sir? My house. My house what? My house, your home, here. Okay, I'm just reading the shirt. Hi, how are you? Your life is changing tonight. You hear me? Y'all believe that? Hi, how are you doing, dear? I like that green. That green is mean. Hi, dear, how are you? Hi, I want to see all of y'all. Like, hello, like, duh. How are you doing? What's up, young man? Handsome? How old are you? 16. Trying to grow a beard. I see it. Hi. How are you? Good looking boy, too. Yeah, I'm one of those pieces, preachers that I talk about you. How you doing, son? It's good to see you. How you doing, young man? How old are you? 18. Okay. Good to see you. I'm glad you ain't ugly. How you doing, sweetheart? Oh, hi. You look beautiful. Hi, sweetheart. Hi, honey. How tall are you? Don't tell me. Six feet. Six something. No, you're taller than me. I'm on the stage, girl. <laughs> you're tall and beautiful like, duh. Hi, how are you? He loves you. He loves you. You hear me? Boom. My dancer. I saw you on Soul Train. <laughs> Hi, dear. How are you? I'm so glad you're here. Hi, buddy. How you doing, son? I'm glad you're here. What's, 
us have, what's this? You know, I love that, right? I love you all. Now let's take a time out, and I want you to understand, I want to address this. You have nothing that God cannot do or help you with. You don't have a pain that's too great. You don't have a problem that's too bad. You hear me? So when we lift our hands up, real simple, minister's going to come here in just a few moments while your hands are lifted. What's your name, dear? Alicia? Alicia, my daughter's name is Alicia. God has been very good to you, but you feel like you've left things behind. Like it, there's been so much loss that it's just like, okay, what do I do from here? Do you understand me? And God is going to restore you. Don't worry no more. I speak as an oracle of God that from today on, doors will open for you. Enough is enough. You're not competing against nobody. That day's over. Father, I thank you now in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth everywhere and say, God, we love you. From this moment forth. Let's say this together. You ready? All over the house. Hands lifted. Father, Father I welcome, I welcome your, love. your love. Teach me, Teach me. To, fall to fall in love with your love. Your love. Tonight, Tonight is the night that my life will change forever. You will heal my heart. I will not be in agony no more. I will not be harassed no more. I will not be plagued no more. Tonight is the night. I give you room and everything that I am for your love to seep, to pour into all aspects of my life. Heal my mind. Heal my heart. I give my heart to you. 100%. May this be my practice every day to give my heart to you. Allowing you to move in me. To speak through me. To speak to me. I surrender everything I am. To you right now. Oh God, I forgive. Oh God, I forgive. While I'm saying this to you, I feel like God's healing people's, uh, um, their joints. I feel joints being healed now. Said, oh God, because you know unforgiveness will attack your joints. I forgive now. I drop the charge. It has nothing to do with what I feel. It has everything to do with my decision. I choose to forgive. I choose to relinquish the offense. And I celebrate the power that love gives me. I will no longer feel powerless. Today, I take my power back. My heart will love who you have called me to love. I drop the charges now, and I celebrate you. I want you to open your mouth now and begin to worship. Father, now, in the name of Jesus, every single thing broken.
every single thing broken. Every single thing broken. Every single thing broken. Every dream, every imagination, everything that's been fighting, tormenting, we break it off. God, do it. This young lady loves you with her heart. She loves no one more than she loves you. You know every hassle. You know every wrestle. You know everything. We break it off of her now. Commanded to leave her now. I never want her to be the same from this night forth. She will feel loved. She will feel adored by you. She will feel your arms wrapping around her. She will feel the angels of the Lord around her, encamped around her. She will know that you are her God. She will know it from the day. Now lose her now. I command it. Go. Go. Now. Worship everywhere. Come on. Father, thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your power. If you have a child in front of you, put your hand on that child's shoulder. Pray for them now. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your anointing. We honor you. We honor you. Come on. Talk to them. Talk to them. Your past is over. Your past is over. What you've not been able to forget, God is going to grace you tonight. Every torment be broken off of you. Every decision you made that you think is an accumulation for where you are, God frees you from that now. God touches your mind and your heart. The Spirit of God comes upon you right now. The grace of God, the grace of God, the grace of God, the grace of God. The grace, the mercy, the mercy of God, the mercy of God. Come on, open up your heart for a moment. The mercy of God, the mercy of God, the mercy of God. How he loves you, how he loves you.
Give the Lord a hand clap of praise for the great love of the Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you, wanna, if you would just make your way back to your seats, we're going to dismiss here in just a second our, our children's church workers, children's workers tonight are pulling extra duty so God could do what he wants to do here. These altars. As you return to your seats, our ushers, if you could help us out, we're going to receive a love offering for Bishop Hooks tonight. Simply going to ask you to just let the Holy Spirit speak to you on what it is you, you're going to give in this offering. If you're writing a check, you can make it out to KC. Okay, ushers, if you'll help me out as quick as you can. We need envelopes. Lift your hand. They'll get it to you. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> oh, yeah, go ahead. Give him another hand clap of praise tonight for what he's done. If you need that envelope, just lift your hand even as you're on your way back to your seat. If you need one, they'll, they'll get it to you. Some are still being ministered to, and we're going to let that continue. That's not a problem. Amen. All right, gentlemen, and as soon as you get those handed out, go ahead and grab the offering buckets and come on back up. Obviously, you've got an envelope. I want to give you time to jot down everything really quick. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Bishop Hooks, thank you for staying, staying over past the conference and ministering tonight. So, amen. Amen. Love you. Amen. All right, the ushers are coming back. We're going to, we'll say a quick prayer and then they'll begin to pass back through. Once, uh, once they pass back through, we'll actually have a, an official dismissal. God bless you. Let me remind you, King's Army is hitting the streets tomorrow night. If you want to be a part of that, be here at 630. We're going to see that thousand souls won into the kingdom by the 7th of March. So tomorrow night, 630, be here. You'll receive some training, and then you'll go out and actually put the love of God into action. Amen? All right. Come on, let's, let's pray real quick. Father, bless this offering tonight. Bless those that are giving God. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the move of your spirit. Thank you for the word that was preached tonight. Thank you for Bishop Hooks, Lord God. Just bless him abundantly, and we give you praise, Lord, in your name. Amen. Amen. Go ahead. I'm from the ground. We feel it now. Bursting, bursting up from the ground. We feel it now. We come alive in the river. We come alive in the river. Why don't you stand with us? We come alive in the river. We come alive in the river. We come alive. We come alive in the river. One more hand clap of praise tonight. <laughs> Father, we bless your name tonight, and Lord, we I bless your people. God, I just declare, Lord God, the love of God to be spread abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that was given to us. Go with your people as we leave this place, Lord. We'll win souls. We'll see souls brought into the kingdom. Thank you for setting us free tonight by your love, Lord. Bless your people tonight, Lord. God, cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards your people. Deal graciously with us, Lord God, and give us peace. And we give you all the praise and the glory in your name. Amen. God bless you.